Hey, pretty people. So writing books is not the only thing that I do. On my website, I also have an eShop where I sell things like cute animal pillows, candy-themed AirPod cases, Pokemon building block sets, and more. And the shipping is free. Also, if you subscribe to my email list, you'll get a 10% off coupon for everything currently available. I occasionally do giveaways that are exclusive to subscribers, so don't miss out. Sign up today. The Demetrius Show podcast covers a variety of topics concerning mental health. This occasionally includes topics such as depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and thoughts some people may find distressing to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Each episode dealing with mental health is meant to be a general discussion and not meant to take the place of advice or treatment from any licensed medical professional. If you are needing mental health advice and or treatment, please speak with a mental health professional. I like to start with the basics. People think that it's so hard. I mean, there's so much information out there of how to get well naturally, but just go back to basics, right? Like nutrition, what are you eating? I help people incorporate more healthy foods and helping pe- teaching people how to sleep better, creating sleep routines and making sure you're getting good quality sleep so that you're rested and your body is able to function optimally. We definitely underestimate the importance of a healthy gut. I was most definitely advised to improve my eating habits in my late teens, early 20s. But like many people, I didn't take it seriously. I was like, Ugh, I don't think that's a big deal. And honestly, I didn't want to talk about that anyway, because it just kind of grossed me out when I thought about it, just being honest. But for anyone listening in your early 20s, you may not think it's a big deal now, but wait until you get closer to 30. Your body is going to rebel. It's going to get revenge if you don't take the time now to look into your gut health. In fact, an unhealthy gut can send signals to the brain and vice versa, which can lead to anxiety, stress, and depression. Yet, many of us don't know what it takes to keep our gut healthy or what an unhealthy gut even looks like and feels like. Today, my guest is known as the gut nurse, and we're going to demystify what gut health is and how it's linked to your mental health. So let's get started. Welcome to The Demetrius Show, where I learn how to walk through my shadows, picking the flowers I've grown through sheer resilience. And I may not know enough yet to start teaching, but I'm going to keep convincing you to keep pushing. I'm Demetrius, and this is my life after speaking. According to Franciscan Health, a healthy gut means that there is more good bacteria than harmful bacteria, and that harmful bacteria don't overtake the good. The balance of bacteria in the gut flora can lead to many health benefits, including reducing inflammation that can lead to heart disease and lowering the chance of obesity. And as someone who struggles with figuring out what works for them in terms of a healthy diet, I can speak firsthand that you do notice the difference. When I'm taking proper care of my gut health, I have more energy, I'm in a better mood, and I want to be as active as possible. Per Healthline, some unhealthy gut causes include not eating a diverse range of whole foods, such as fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, drinking too much alcohol, lack of physical activity, not getting enough sleep, and external stress like work, financial troubles, things like that, and many more other factors. However, 
The ones I just listed are pretty much all the ones that I personally struggle with. This year in particular, my goal was to eat more vegetables, for instance. It's not that I don't like vegetables. I love vegetables, in fact. For me, the problem that I have is that I'm always so busy. So when it's time to eat, I want something convenient. The problem with convenience when it comes to meal options, though, is that they usually aren't all that healthy, meaning that I don't eat nearly as many fruits and vegetables as I should. There are many ways to improve your gut health and your overall health, but I wanted to bring in an expert who could really shine light on what gut health is, why it's important, and how we can do better. So without further ado, let's bring on the gut nurse. So... I'm a registered nurse and I have been in and out of doctor's offices pretty much my whole life with all these big mysterious symptoms that doctors could never really pinpoint what the cause behind any of them were. As I got older, my symptoms piled on and progressively gotten worse to the point where I ended up being disabled and was in a wheelchair and was luckily able to reverse that chronic illness that I was having. And now I'm able to help other people heal naturally and feel good again. That's, that's amazing. I'm glad that was able to happen for you. So where can we find you on social media? I am on Instagram and TikTok at The Gut Nurse. So I notice you advocate for a natural approach to health. So what are some ways that you do that? I like to start with the basics. People think that it's so hard. I mean, there's so much information out there of how to get well naturally, but just go back to basics, right? Like nutrition, what are you eating? I help people incorporate more healthy foods and helping pe- teaching people how to sleep better, creating sleep routines and making sure you're getting good quality sleep so that you're rested and your body is able to function optimally. I focus on movements figuring out what type of exercise is best for your body. People tend to think that cardio is is the way to go, like high intensity cardio, and it's it's not right for everyone. And then also reducing stress. Stress is a huge, huge issue for pretty much everyone in America. So teaching people how to reduce stressors internally and externally. Externally is things around you, the things that you're putting on your skin and internally is more of some of the emotional pieces and also the the nutrition component of what you're putting inside of your body. What are some things when it comes to dieting that you're noticing, like some trends? I notice that people are stressed out. They don't have time to prepare healthy meals or they think they don't have time to prepare healthy meals. So they're going for a lot of fast foods. They're going for a lot of the TV dinners just because they they need something quick and convenient. And people are consuming a lot of sugar, a lot of sugar, and not realizing how much sugar they're really taking in and how detrimental it is to their body. Right. I can attest to that because I didn't realize till probably last year that a lot of what I was consuming, I thought I wasn't a sweet eater. Then I came to find out when I really broke everything down that, yeah, you are. And I, it's kind of hard to get away from as well, the the sugar. And so you really have to be deliberate about what it is that you're ingesting and you're reading the labels and you're going, okay, this actually does have a lot going on and maybe it's not the best thing for me. Yeah. Like I've had a client of mine who came to me and said, I don't have an issue with sugar. And then more we explored his diet, he was drinking these 
really extra large milkshakes every weekend. And I was like, do you know how much sugar is in that? But you yes. need it every every weekend. Like this is your your snack, your go-to, which is fine. It's it's we all need a little bit of, you know, something sweet every now and then, but it's a lot of sugar in a super large milkshake. And then you're eating, you know, he was eating all of these other carbs that he didn't know that your body breaks down and sees it as sugar. And it's just elevating your blood sugar and causing a cascading negative effect on the body. So regarding gut health, what are some of the most mis common misconceptions people have about it? A lot of people think that gut health is basically just, it affects bloating, digestion, diarrhea, like basically just your stomach. And it's actually a lot more complicated than that. It affects pretty much everything. It all starts in the gut. So it can affect your mental health, your mood, your energy levels, fertility, hormone balance, and just essentially everything. The, the way that we are is a lot of it is attributed to the gut. What are some quick or maybe not quick, easy, but some in general that you notice some ways that we can improve? Like if I wanted to do something today to improve my gut health, what's something that you think we could do in that regard? It's a really good question. So it takes about three days for the gut microbiome to reset. And the gut microbiome is essentially an ecosystem of balances of bacteria, fungi, viruses, and we all need those healthy, good strains of bacteria. And we also need more of the opportunistic bacteria, which is labeled as like the, the bad bacteria. Those are needed whenever we are exposed to an infection or just a foreign substance in the body uses that per se, like, so to say, as our army to come out and fight for that. So we don't want too many of those bad guys, right? Only whenever there's a threat to the body. So to have the the good and the bad in balance is whenever you essentially will be free of symptoms and be healthy. So making sure that that is in balance is key. And some simple ways to do that is what I said earlier is eating healthier foods. So bringing in, what can you bring in to your diet that's healthier? And don't think about what do I need to eliminate, right? Because then you're going to be so fixated on, oh, I can't have sugar, I can't have sugar. And then eventually you're going to binge or consume too much sugar and then get up, get on that perpetual cycle of guilt and shame, right? And beating yourself up. So have some of the sugar, but bring in a little bit more healthier foods. Can you can you eat a couple more servings of fruit a day, right? Which means there's less space for the sugar, the alcohol, all of the other bad things. Exercise, getting some movement in, even 15 minutes of walking can help lower blood sugars after a meal and also help with detoxification and improving your, your mental health. I can definitely attest to the, you mentioned the binge, where mm -hmm. you're trying to eliminate so many things, which is what I did, I think it was last year or during the pandemic. And I did succeed in, you know, losing a few pounds or whatever. And of course the holidays come around and you get to where you do eat a few things you should, probably shouldn't. And it just becomes this thing. You haven't had it in a while and you just go off the deep end. Yeah. And then it does, it becomes that cycle where you are kind of back and forth, where you try to just cut things off. And like you mentioned, you're focused on just cutting it off, cutting it off, cutting it off, instead of just thinking it of 
just slowly massaging those more healthier options into your existing diet and incorporating movement. A lot of us, we are now, ever since the pandemic, we shifted to working from home and we spend a lot of the day in a chair, for instance. And so we're very sedentary and we don't get up as much as we used to. People underestimate the fact that even though you're sitting all day, when you get home, you're still exhausted. You still don't want to do anything. You still are just mentally ready to check out for the day and just veg out and sit in front of the TV and just eat mess, you know, and that that a lot of that is how where you have to break that behavior pattern and cycle where you have to try to at least slowly incorporate some of those things at first. So that way you're not just like most people just do. They just cut everything out and then they wonder why it's so difficult to um, follow through on all of that because, well, I mean, it's, of course, it's going to be stressful. You're adding stress to an already kind of stressful situation to me. So of course, putting all that pressure on yourself. So absolutely. I do agree on that for sure. Like, it's like trying to run a marathon without doing the prep work. You just want to get to the end goal, right? And you're like, oh, I want to eat healthier and I want to lose weight. And you go on this extreme diet and then you like stop and then expect to have those results at the end. It's a slow game. Health is a journey and you got to be mindful of that and give yourself grace and say, you know what? Maybe it's going to take me a year or two or even three years to to look how I want to look and feel how I want to look by being healthy, right? And eating healthy and still having that balance of, you know, maybe I'm going to go out and stay stay up late a couple of nights here and there, and maybe I'm going to have a few drinks, but I'm still going to feel good because overall incorporating a lot of healthy things into my lifestyle. So how we talked about mental health and its relation to gut health. How would you, what do you notice about the correlation there between the two? Every person that I have worked with has experienced either depression or depressed mood or lack of interest. A lot of people aren't able to identify that they themselves are experiencing depression. There's actually a a study that came out recently that said that Black women are not exhibiting the classic signs of depression. And so it's harder to diagnose and identify depression in in the in specific populations like with black women. So people aren't identifying that they have it. And I'm noticing that pretty much everyone is experiencing some kind of suppressed level of mood and yeah, depression, anxiety. And I can understand that. I can see that. I definitely correlate for me personally. Whenever I do overindulge, it is usually during a period where I'm very stressed out or a period where I just, maybe the meds aren't, that I take, aren't medding that day. And um, it you just want something that brings comfort. And especially in the Black community, that's what food has always been for us. It's been a source of comfort and a source of love. I hear all the time from my elders about you cook with love and intention, those sorts of things. And when we get into that and how historically go back way back into to even during the slave period where, you know, we didn't have access to the quote unquote normal meals and uh, food sources and everything like that. And we had to make do and how that's kind of still translated to the present day where we 
are just now having these conversations. I have seen them on Twitter and social media and everything. We're kind of just now having these conversations of where the more traditional meals that we eat at Thanksgiving, Christmas, what have you, and how we're digesting so many, it's so many seasonings and so many portion sizes that maybe aren't the best for us, but it's kind of hard to break away from some of that because it's so ingrained in our culture and our history. And so we're now trying to find ways to navigate that entire space of, yes, as a community, we do need to first and foremost prioritize our mental health. And part of that is reevaluating what it is that we put in our bodies and how that doesn't have to mean that we are losing those traditions. Maybe we just need to kind of revamp them a little bit. That's, those, are di- those are difficult discussions to have, and as well as they should be. We're talking about things that are historically tied to a group of people whose history has constantly faced the threat of erasure. So that makes perfect sense in that regard. But I'm glad to know that that is something that you see, that is something that you are identifying. Because I believe, I believe that. I believe that gut health and mental health are very intertwined. Um, that if you're not taking care of your your gut, I mean, pretty much everything else is going to follow. Absolutely. Do you know of any of the people that you've worked with? Do you have anyone that's had a success story and came to you and said, oh my gosh, I did this and look what happened for me? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm out here saving lives, Demetrius. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so I've had I've had people including myself, I experienced depression and anxiety and not knowing. I didn't know that I had depression until I was in my early 30s. And I'm I'm a nurse, right? I thought that I could identify whether or not someone had depression. So myself, so just getting to the root cause. And a lot of times there's more to it, to depression than just a lot of people think, oh, well, maybe there's a genetic component. And that can be true. But there's other deeper root causes. And it's not just the trauma, the childhood experiences. It's also the three, the three big players with that are the common root causes to chronic illness, depression, are Lyme disease, mold, and the Epstein-Barr virus, which a lot of people know as mononucleus. So identifying those in people and then helping to rebalance the body. So if someone has high levels of mold, so I'm someone that was affected by mold and it caused me to have depression pretty much my whole life and I didn't know it until I was older. So detoxing my body and just restoring balance and peeling back those layers of mental health. I had to work with a a mindset coach who was able to really help me get to the root of things. So we worked on just my thoughts and beliefs from childhood experiences. And she helped me get to the unconscious layer, the subconscious layer, and my conscious layer of my mindset to really just shift my beliefs. And that played a huge role in my overall health and in mental well-being. So I look at Western medicine as kind of like a Band-Aid, and it's no shade to the therapists out there. There's really great therapists that help people. But it's just peeling back one layer of the onion and, mm-hmm. and, and getting, if you really want to get to the root, you've got to do some deep inner work. And I really like people that like Nzinga Moore, who 
does that, who, who gets to the subconscious and un unconscious layer and, and getting to those, those thoughts and beliefs that really affect our actions, our thoughts, our beliefs, right? Which then can manifest as depression and poor ways of thinking and 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 poor ways of of looking at ourselves negatively. Absolutely. I of course wrote a book about low self-esteem. And that was um, in my research, of course, and for me personally, just looking at how a negative self-worth and how you when you think about a negative self-worth, you think about someone who just walks around all day and they just talk about how awful they are, like they verbalize it. You don't think about, like you mentioned, those negative thought patterns, those beliefs, those that are deeply ingrained that you maybe have never, ever voiced before or vocalized. But when you peel back so much of what you do currently and you peel back things that happened in your past. And it doesn't have to be something traumatic. It could do with your attachment style that was kind of solidified in your youth. And that can be very subtle. And so you're now an adult, like you mentioned, in your 30s. And you begin to peel all that back and your self-worth. And you realize that you kind of don't have a great self-image. And if you don't have that self-image, that leads into a lot of other things. For me, of course, it was overindulging and not caring about what I put in my body because subconsciously I didn't care about myself. And it, that goes for so many people where they, because they have that negative self-image, of course, they're not going to even think about their gut health because that's going to be one of the last things they think about if they ever think about their health. Because they're just focused on getting to the next, just, you know, surviving, just existing at that point, whether they realize it or not. And you're absolutely right. You know, you do have to dig deeper and figure out where all of that originates. And from there, you can become self-aware and you can recognize what your stressors are and what your triggers are. What triggers, like for me, what triggers me? to start eating way too much, way more than I need to. If I know a day is particularly stressful or if I can even project that, okay, you've got like eight things due on Friday and blah, blah, blah. Maybe we need to take the bag of celery to work that day <laughs> so that we can ensure that if we need something to snack on, it's going to be something that maybe will not do a thing for you or to you. <laughs> So that's kind of how, that's kind of how I do that instead of a bag of chips, you know, or something from the vending machine. And so just doing that, it, it just peeling back all that and becoming more self-aware has definitely for me been a game changer. And I'm glad to know that it was pretty much the same for you. Yeah. And there's, I, I feel like I have to mention this. There's a writer out there. His name is Michael Ellsberg. And so hearing his story a few years ago really inspired me to look more into into the mental health piece so he is a writer and he would stay up like these late crazy hours working on you know writing and being creative and he suffered from bipolar 2 and he was placed on some medications he started getting acne he started just not feeling well like losing his hair and then he was just like this ain't it for me like i don't want to live like this and he started doing some research and then like worked with some kind of, I believe a functional wellness practitioner. And I think they did some testing on him, but he found that sugar, his body genetically just doesn't tolerate sugar well. 
alcohol and um, carbohydrates, a lot of like the like pastries and, you know, the, the junk food. And so whenever he tweaked his diet, eliminated alcohol and sugar and just started eating healthier, started sleeping better, he did not need medications. He was able to overcome bipolar two disorder. So that was like, whoa, okay, there's really something out there other than just taking medications, which is mm -hmm. fine for some people, right? And then so that just led me down that trail of mental health and healing. And I and I've have had clients who have improved their mood and just improve their levels of confidence through working together and figure out, okay, what's the best way to eat for you and how can we all fit this in your lifestyle so that it's manageable for you to sustain whenever we stop working together. It's it's definitely possible. Well, that's good. Absolutely. Fantastic. And I love that you focus on the, just how we can change the eating habits instead of like you mentioned, when we're just over medicating people and just kind of referring to that as step number one in some instances. So definitely, definitely. So What's next for you? I'm still trying to figure that out myself. A big part of me wants to give back to our Black community. So I'm trying to figure out a way where I can have services, you know, that are more accessible because I do work in the functional wellness world and I do offer lab screenings and these screenings are not always affordable by people. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, what kind of program can I develop for that down the road to increase accessibility? But I would love to become an author like you and write some books and share my healing journey and, you know, just other bits of knowledge to help people in their healing journey and just continue to expand my business and reach more people. Absolutely. Well, I think you're on the right track for, especially if you want to be an author, you've got it all down. All you got to do is outline and you're ready to go. I think you have everything you need to write your first book and I will definitely check it out. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Demetrius show. Reviews of this show help expand my audience size and reach new listeners. So be sure to rate it on your preferred listening platform. So more people can know about it. Also, if you really love this show, be sure to subscribe to my email list so you can be the first to get news and updates about the podcast and more. And as always, be kind to yourself, be safe, and until next time.